There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Good afternoon and welcome to The Late Lunch on what is a very blustery Wednesday. Cahill Dervin and Sinead Brazzle with you between now and 3.30. If you do have information on trees down, and there are many down across the area, please do text us on 086-1800-658, 086-1800-658. It's also our WhatsApp number. We're across Twitter at LMF Radio and we're on Facebook and Instagram. If you do have information that you would like us to share with our listeners, please do so. A lot of trees down and the advice I would think Sinead is, if you don't need to go out, don't. Yes, don't make unnecessary journeys, isn't that it? Because uh, even as I was coming over to you from uh, Dunsany this afternoon, the back road at the back of Killeen Castle is closed. There's a tree down. There's a tree down outside Dunsany Castle, uh, which thankfully one gentleman managed to pull off the road enough that we could get by, so my thanks to him. But there are a lot of trees down. We will be talking a little bit later in the programme to Grania Bourne from ESB with an update on power outages. But as I said, if you have some information, please do share it with us. 086-1800-658 and we will pass that on to our listeners. Now, some big news today on the front page of the Irish Sun. Ken Scoop Sweeney joins me on the line. Ken, good afternoon to you. Very kind of you to say that, Carl. Yeah. I just hope I can keep up the, the, the delivering of the story. You you are the man for the scoops, Ken, and you are the man for the big entertainment scoops. You know that and I know that and you are the you. first man I go to when I want to know what's happening in the world of Irish entertainment, be it TV, radio or otherwise. Big, big story. Tell us who's coming to Slane next summer. Metallica are coming to Slane. So what we've picked up and it's like with these kind of stories you're putting bits and bits and bits together and finally you get somebody to say what you what what it all kind of adds up to so Metallica are a huge band they haven't been in Ireland in eight or nine years uh, last year as you know Guns N' Roses did a fantastic um, job up at Slane they had people flying in from all over the place and at the essence of the thing Cal maybe you'll agree with me is hard rock works best at Slane whether it's Thin Lizzy in 1981 or Guns N' Roses or Queen or whoever's been in through the years so Metallica are very much um, in that bracket they are the heaviest rockers of all and we're talking about a date in Slane we're talking about a date in early June we think um, so you won't get any official announcement yet but if they weren't doing it, I think you probably would have heard of someone coming Ken, out Ken, now. I don't, I don't need an official announcement. If you tell ah. me Metallica are coming to Slane, Ken, I believe yeah. you, and that's good yeah. enough for me. So yeah, we, we'll await an announcement. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm very fond of Lord Henry Charles. He's a great guy, a rock and aristocrat, and a very warm, kind individual. And what normally happens is to have a press conference and he reveals the name. But I did get some interesting information in the last few days, and hence the story. And I think it'll be great. And and. Uh, you know what? The tickets will sell out pretty quick, and, 
and it'll be a tremendous performance. And there is this connection between Metallica and Ireland. You know, they, they uh, you know, they're big Tin Lizzy fans. They cover whiskey in the jar, fill in its best known track. And you know, thing about it is, Slane is the place that all these bands want to play. They can play all these arenas and all these stadiums around the world. But there's something, as you know, very magical about playing the Boyne Valley, playing that thing, and they they all want to do it. And you know, uh, the guy from Metallica there uh, um, was was over staying with Bono. Um, you know, as as you Mars. do, as you do, as you do, and you know, Bono's played Slane a couple of times. I'm sure your man wants to say, well, our own Slane gig was pretty good, and now he's going to get the chance to say that. It's also, I mean, as as an iconic rock venue, as you say, it's one of the greatest venues in the world. But the fact that this can take anything that Metallica want to do. I mean, Lars Ulrich is saying there's going to be the biggest pyro show you've ever seen. The stage layout is going to be huge. And that was one of the reasons they haven't come to Ireland for a couple of years, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Lars was interviewed there um, at the start of the year and he said they had to pull the Dublin show because literally the pyrotechnics on the stage layout didn't fit the stadium. And I say he's probably talking about Crow Park. You imagine what these guys have got. So they're coming back. And I noticed yesterday that, that you know on St Patrick's Day they were tweeting you know um, Ireland and Irish fans were tweeting back well thanks a bunch but you haven't been back here in eight or nine years you've left us off the tour you know the world tours that they're doing so now they're going to seriously make up for it and it'll be a great show and I think you know Metallica are the kind of band a bit like Tin Lizzy you don't have to be into, completely into metal to get them they, they just work you know they work across a whole lot of different levels and they're an amazing bunch of guys and I mean all these stories about the stuff we've been missing out on not getting Metallica in the last few years they've had like whole you know gangs of drones over the stage and mad mad stuff and I'd say you know very much Cal in the time when Queen played, uh, you know, Slain, they were the band at the time. And if the rocket aristocrat Henry has pulled this off, like I say he has, I think he'll have an amazing headline in for Slain 2019. They're also a very honest band, aren't they? I mean, this, this is a set that'll last probably, what, two hours? It'll be full of, of noise, it'll be full of drama, it'll be full of excitement. But it's also full of honest rock and roll. Yeah, it is. And I say it'll take down a few trees and it's so loud up there, you know. <laughs> we're, doing that, we're doing that in our own today, Ken, don't worry. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it'll, it'll, they've, they, when they were playing here in Metallica, they, they played, I think, five or six times. Um, uh, five or six times in the, in the, this century anyway. You know, they were building up quite a following. It'll be a state-of-the-art type thing. It'll be an occasion. It'll be the kind of thing, I'm sure, you know, different slains for different times and people remember seeing Springsteen up there and there's a whole new generation of people who want to make their connection to Slane and they probably do it through Metallica even though Metallica has been going for something like 37 years or something you know they're still coming up with the goods and, and the amazing thing about Metallica on their last European tour which ended in May they were breaking box office records all over Europe playing it so so there'll be quite a few Metallica fans coming in so I wouldn't say you get a B&B in Drada now or Terman Second or anything I'm like sure that. We're, we're, well, we're well used to it after the flash or every B&B and hotel in the in the North East was sold out for the flash yeah. so there'll be no problem to be a, a big there'll be a big Cape Mila Fulcher and in terms of I mean this is going to sell out very quickly isn't it? Well I mean you think about Guns N' Roses sold out in the day and that was what like 80,000 tickets this will sell will sell really well and, and I think you know obviously um, you know the, the radio will get behind them and uh, there'll be a lot of hype and a lot of fans as I said what happens to all those people who couldn't get Metallica gigs for other dates in Europe? Well, they'll all jump on a plane and come to see them in Slane. And I think it will be like the U2 Slane gigs where people will, Metallica fans around the world will want to be here on this occasion. And Lord Henry, when he was interviewed at the start of the year, he said that he hinted at the band. He wouldn't disclose who it was. But he said they were making their debut at Slane. So um, so that's, that, that also fits Metallica as well. And I mean, who wouldn't want to see? If I was a Metallica fan, who wouldn't want to see them at Slane? 
Now it's very interesting you, you mentioned it already the Thin Lizzy connection because of course Thin Lizzy and you 2 featured on the very first uh, Slain all those years ago and Metallica are big fans of Thin Lizzy but they're also Ken I don't know if you know this uh, a long long time ago when I had much longer hair than I have now Mama's Boys who at the time were managed by Joe Wynn from, from, from Drogheda Needle to the Groove Needle in the Groove and they played in the marquee and this was when Mama's Boys were starting to make a name for themselves and the three brothers Tommy and Pat and John and Metallica came along to the gig and I remember Joe getting us backstage with Metallica and Lars Ulrich was just hanging out having a beer because they were only starting at the time as well this would have been sort of 82, yeah. 83 and there was a lot of respect from Lars Ulrich particularly and, and I remember him you know he, he he was at the side of the stage he was captivated by Pat McManus and, and the great guitar player that yeah. Pat is so they have a strong affinity with Ireland and Irish musicians they do, and I mean, you know, Ireland is a wonderful effing place, and I lived in England for a long time, as you know, and you come back to Ireland, and when someone like Leonard Cohen dies, that's the first thing on the news in Ireland. But you know what, Carl? That's the place I want to live in. That's mm. the place where Leonard Cohen's passing is the first thing on the news, because we do, we have all these writers and musicians, and we do this thing, you know, we do this thing so well, our arts and our music, our river dance. Um, everything, even the blades, it all goes around the world. <laughs> so I think that that you know they connect with that, and, and you know they connect with that spirit. And as you know, Bon Jovi told me a couple of years in an interview, they said that whole that whole cowboy rock thing we do, you know, we got that off Tin Lizzy. Mm. But fortunate for us, Tin Lizzy weren't that big in America, so people didn't really know we were and taking on Tin Lizzy's, you know, you know, taking on Tin Lizzy's cloak when we were doing the cowboy rock thing. So as usual, how Irish music goes around the world, and of course. Metallica connect into that and, and uh, you know the double guitars and all this sort of stuff and, and the, you know the, just the great sound and I'm sure I'm sure they'll be playing Whiskey in the Jar in Philo's opening gig you know from I'd 1981 say. they'll be recounting that <laughs> I'd say there won't be a dry eye in the house at that no, stage there won't in terms of how loud is this going to be Ken? Oh Jesus! Well, did we mention Terman Fact? I'd say it here from there. How loud are the concerts up there? Tell me that you, you're a local man you know Well there was a time you could probably hear them on a hill of screen and that's that's probably about seven or eight miles away, depending as the crow flies and depending yeah. on how many wheels are on the the, the the crow that you're driving at the time. But uh, <laughs> I did I did famously come out of Slane one night and forget to take the turn left and end up in Navin. That can happen as well. But yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, there is you know there is a wonderful culture, and I mean I interviewed uh, Lord Henry there uh, a couple of years ago, and he just told me that you know that the apocalypse you call it now, apocalypse now. That basically <laughs> these helicopters will be coming up from Dublin and going up the the Boyne Valley and landing up there and I mean it is a huge sense of occasion and it is well run and there are people and you know there are who just go to Slane concerts because it's Slane they love Slane concerts yeah. there's no interest in the bands they just love the day and the atmosphere people come in from all over the place and it's a very very special event and I have to go to a lot of festivals and, and cover them but I mean the day up in Slane and, and uh, you know you know, and what's brought to it and of course Lord Henry has his, his whiskey as well which he's been doing very very successfully now there's and, uh, there's the song. They should bring out a little bit of Slane whiskey, shouldn't they, when they're doing whiskey in the jar? I'm sure that Metallica <laughs> will, be, will be drinking Lord and Charles' Slane whiskey. And it's a great whiskey. And it's fabulous, you know, because, uh, you know, there are all sorts of, you know, ancestral homes all over Ireland. And people don't get near them. The normal punters don't get near them or see them or whatever. And it was a great idea uh, for Lord and Charles to bring his concerts up to Slane. And it's all become part of our lives. And it's great that it's continuing. And he's got his whiskey on the go as well. And uh, I don't know how he is at the moment. He's been getting over. Um, obviously, he had a cancer bottle. But, mm. you know, we wish him all the very Absolutely. best. He's very popular in the industry. He too, is. And, and he's very popular. He's very popular in the area as well, Ken. I mean, himself and his family have done so much to bring not just the castle, but to bring Slane back to life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and he's very good and he's a... he goes off, and I've seen him at, uh, abroad at concerts, and he's always kind of checking out bands, and, and uh, he, you know he, he likes the bands. 
he, he, he makes a personal choice to bring the bands over here and by God do they have a good time at the place land. But you see I think the bands miss out on something because you, you haven't really been to Slane unless you have to climb up the hill at the end of the gig. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> you haven't done it Ken. Oh sorry. <laughs> I have done it. I've done it yeah. I've done it. I just the thing that always amazes me at Slane and I suppose you know some of the time I'm in the press area and because I'm reporting on it I've got a laptop but it's that standing up on the side of Slane and just looking down at how huge the crowd is mm. and it just goes on and on and on. And wasn't famously Bruce Springsteen a bit freaked out by how big Slane was. You Bruce know, Springsteen, Bruce. I'm, I'm, I'm the process of going to, I started reading his book a couple of summers ago, I just haven't got back to it, but you know, apparently he, he was almost afraid uh, yeah. and, and he wanted to pull the plug on the gig. Yeah, he was afraid of the scale of the thing. And you know, like a musician is in the centre of that. But I mean, Bruce obviously did what he, he realised he had to do, just plug in and start playing and keep the people happy. But I mean, it was, it was just staggering numbers, the popularity of, of, of Bruce. And, you know, not everything works up there. Madonna, I don't think, was brilliant. But, but there are certain acts. I mean, when I say it didn't work... Some acts don't really measure up to Slane, but the ones we've spoken about, people like, uh, obviously, Tim Lizzie and Springsteen, and, and Springsteen, Springsteen, Springsteen they really measure yeah. up. You have, you've, got, you've got a fantastic amphitheatre like that and a fantastic stage. You have to be a big enough act to, to, to do it and, and put it over. And I think Guns N' Roses certainly did that. And uh, just the excitement. I mean, I was in the pubs uh, uh, at that weekend and just the excitement amongst, the, you know, how great everybody was in the pubs and the locals love it. They love everybody coming up and everybody loves being up there. And people okay. were listening to the sound check. They were crying. <laughs> so we, look, we look forward to welcoming you, Ken. Scoop Very Sweeney cool. to the North East and to County Meath in particular. You reckon early June? I reckon early June, early summer, you know. So a way to fish the announcement. There'll be lots more detail with it then. But, but uh, that, that's our story and it's well. very sun today. If Ken Sweeney says it in the Irish Sun, it's good enough for me, Ken. Thank you again, as always, for your time. Okay. This is my favourite Metallica song, but only because of a Phil Linna connection. Sinead has a different song, but we'll talk about that after this.
The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. And welcome back to The Late Lunch with Cahill Dervin and Sinead Brazel with you until 3.30 this afternoon. If ever there was a day for putting the kettle on and enjoying the radio for the next few hours, this is it because there are howling winds right across the northeast. Already the second day of the Ploughing Championship has been cancelled due to the weather and uh, a lot of power outages across the country. Join us to tell us about them is Gráinne Bourne from ESB. Gráinne, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Cahill. It's not a great day for electricity supplies. Unfortunately, Cahill Storm Alley has hit us and has hit us hard, but bringing gusts of over 150 kilometres per hour. Um, as of 1am, over 186,000 electricity customers all around Ireland have been impacted. That's over 1,400 individual falls on our electricity infrastructure. Um, at the moment, um, the primary areas affected are unfortunately in Louth and Dundalk and Drogheda. Both have 23,000 customers affected. There is Meads has over 1,200, uh, primarily in Ashburn. Monaghan and Cavan have 40,000 um, primary areas. There are Cartmacross, Castleblaney, Clonus, Caventown, Ballyconnell and Virginia. And the, these are outages at the moment, Granny, are they? They are outages at the moment, yes. Now, this puts a great strain on your, on your workers, doesn't it? It does, but uh, we have become accustomed to all these storms in recent years. So our crews were on standby last night. Um, just waiting for the storm to land and we have them mobilised all around the country. We have over 2,500 staff both um, that's on site um, and out on the field. So they are working through all the individual faults and we only can work when it is safe to do so. So we had to wait for the high winds in certain regions to abate before we can go in and do the work um, to restore the power. Um, So it is going to be an ongoing work today. It may as well go in tomorrow. There's a lot of individual falls that need to be restored. And I'm sure you're asking people just to be patient. We are asking people to be patient and also asking people to be very mindful and safe. Um, If they see a live wire, um, anything that may be caused damage, to contact ESB Networks directly at 1-850-372-999. For those customers that are without power, if they can just keep a check on ESBpowercheck.ie on the app or on the website, and that will give an update of when they can expect their power back. As always, we just advise people to be safe um, when they are going out and about and to be mindful of live wires. Um, we cannot at this stage give an outline of when we expect to restore power. We are doing it as quickly and as safely as we can at the moment. And I'm sure you would advise people if there's any sign of a wire down or whatever, just stay away from it, report please, it. Yes, please stay away from it. Do not. Um, it's exceptionally dangerous. They are live, whether they are on the ground or not. And just contact ESB Networks at one eight fifty three seven two nine nine nine. And the app, as you say, will have up-to-date information on when they can expect power to, to be restored. Exactly, that is continuously updated as the crews go in and restore the power. So if they can just keep an eye on that, um, and we will be issuing more updates um, the media-wise throughout the day as well, just um, to advise our customers. To be fair to your crews, Grania, it's been quite a year for weather, hasn't it? It has. Um, I think, unfortunately, we haven't come accustomed to this over the last two or three years. Um, we, have, we are ready now for the winter, um, and we have, we're very lucky we have great crew that are used to these weather conditions and are working, they drop everything and they're on site and in all winds 
and everything and all sorts of weather. Um, so, you know, as long as they can safely do their work and we just ask people as well to just stay stay, stay safe and as always just report anything they see to us. And be vigilant. Just give us that number again, please, Granny, if you would. It's one eight fifty three seven two nine nine nine. And the app, etc., is available? It's esbpowercheck.ie and the app is Powercheck. Thank you very much, Grania Bourne there from the ESB with the latest on power outages across the northeast. East, uh, Louth particularly affected by that. There's a large three down at Dunicarney Primary School on the road to the Village Hotel, so that's a large three down there. We're also getting reports of trees down on the King William Glen Road, the Tully Allen Road, the Eclintodrum Conrath Road, Flowery Cross to Carrickman Cross, Inishkeen, Hack Balls Cross are blocked roads there on Greenon and Termon Feck and people are asked to avoid walking and driving around on Greenon as there are fallen trees down in that area. And I actually have, sorry, just one more being handed in to me. Uh, thanks a million, Andrew from Dundalk RD. He's phoned in to say that Carrickmacross Road is out. Uh, the Dundalk, so it's cl- closed off. I don't know what's happened there. I'll have to get a bit more information uh, for you in the next wee while, but we'll have full updates as well on News Call. And as I've explained to you, Sinead, uh, all around Dunsany and Kilmessen is particularly affected as well. So if you can stay in, stay in. We're back with the news after this. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Welcome back to The Late Lunch with Cahill Dervin and Sinead Brazel with you this afternoon until 3.30. When I was talking to Sinead earlier in the week about doing the programme, I said the one person I would love to get on the programme is Paul Howard, whose new book, Dancing with the Stars, the latest in the Ross O'Carroll Kelly series is already a number one bestseller in Ireland and I'm delighted to say that Paul joins us on the line. Good afternoon to you, Paul. Good afternoon, Carl. Hi, Sinead. How are you, by the way? I'm great. Yeah, really good. Good. Um, I mean... and, and where I am at the moment, um, the, the, the trees are, are hardly even moving. I, I, it's, um, <laughs> I'm in Wicklow and... Um, I've no idea why, but we seem to have escaped um, the worst of the worst of the winds. Well, your your old Sunday Tribune colleague Ken Sweeney was on the program with us earlier, and we were talking about Metallica. He broke the story this morning, Paul. That Metallica are going to play at Slane next year. And oh, it's right. Fair, it's fair to say the wind is nearly as noisy as Metallica will be. That's how <laughs> how bad it is in this region at the moment. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about the latest Ross O'Carroll Kelly dancing with the Czars. Yeah. So Ross has um, he, he's having to adjust. Uh, to um, a new life as a stay in bed father. Um, I love I love that phrase. Stay in bed, not stay, stay at home. Father. Yeah, I think Sorica hoped he'd be a stay at home father, but yeah, he mm. stays in bed mostly, and um, he's just trying to make sense, as we all are, of the chaos that's happening in the world at the moment. So, his father, uh, Charles O'Carroll Kelly, has started this uh, political party called New Republic, and they're kind of slightly. Uh, uh, to the right of anything we've ever seen in this country before, and he's trying to bring Ireland out of the European Union. Um, meanwhile, his mother um, has developed some very, very questionable uh, Russian uh, contacts, uh, and the only thing Ross wants to do is to win the Mount Anvil Strictly Come Dancing Father and Daughter Dance Competition. And this is with the very lovely daughter. <laughs> Honour, yes. Yeah. She's, she really is horrendous, and uh, the, the, the thing I've, I've noticed with Honor is I wanted Honor to be really the, the universe's revenge on Ross for the way he treated his own parents. And you know, a lot of parents when they, when they have children, you know, obviously they they hope that their kids will reflect the best of themselves back at them. Uh, but it doesn't always happen like that. So sometimes 
uh, a child can actually reflect the worst of its parents. So honour is that. She's, she's got Surika's princess complex and she has Ross's utter obnoxiousness. On steroids. On steroids, yeah. It has to yeah. be said. On Botox as well. On Botox, I mean... Well, no matter how bad I, I make her, it's funny, because I, I did a, a book signing in Eaton's in Dundrum a couple of weeks ago, and no matter how awful she is, uh, she's, she's everybody's favourite character, and lots of people who've read this book have said to me, she's just off the scale in this one, and then they say, keep it up. And I, I think people who have who have daughters, especially teenage daughters, they look at Honor and say, well, at least my daughter isn't that bad. And also I think the fact that she throws everything back in, in Ross's face that he threw at everybody else over the years. Yeah, exactly, you know, and, and, and he's finally learning. I think, I think the thing about Ross is because um, the, the, probably the only thing in the world that he's good at, apart from uh, kicking points for Castle Rock College back in the day, is, is fatherhood. And I think because his own parents uh, were so poor at it, I think he's kind of seen how not to do it and his instincts about how to do it are actually quite good. So he, he sort of muddles through while, you know, taking abuse off his daughter and then he's got triplet sons now called Brian, Johnny and Leo. Um, Who, and who's, whose, language, co- whose language is quite choice, isn't it? And, uh, so, and, and they're awful to him as well, and they're effing and blinding. They, they, they're really South Dublin parents, that Ross and Surika, you know, they decided that uh, they wouldn't tell their kids that swearing is bad in case it creates taboos around certain words. And now, you know, three years down the line, they're still swearing, and they're banned from every single play centre in South Dublin, um, and Ross is still not allowed to correct them. <laughs> So there's all these things are just coming back uh, to haunt Ross now in his adulthood. And then we have the MMA fighter. Yeah, Ronan did. Ronan um, did a stint uh, in the ring, inspired by uh, Conor McGregor. And um, I've never really known uh, with Ronan whether he's going to go down a good road or a bad road. And I kind of change my mind with every book. <laughs> and right now he's in he's in UCD and he's studying law and. You know, when you study law, you can still, you know, you can bec- you can do one of two things. You can become a good lawyer or become a bad lawyer. And there's all this sort of temptation on him to, uh, you know, essentially become uh, a, 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 a kind of lawyer for bad people, shall we say. And he knows most of them. And he knows most of them. He grew up with most of them, you know. He's, uh, he's a face in most of their lives. So, um, but at the moment, he's struggling with... Uh, monogamy because he has a he has a full time girlfriend. Where did he Where did he possibly get that from? Well, this is the thing. Is it genetic? That's the big question. You know. So Ross is making all these excuses for him, saying, you know, like me, you're just a completely helpless slave to your hormones. Um, this is something that gets passed down the generations because Ross has recently discovered that his dad was also something of a ladies' man when he was younger. Um, and so Ross is quite forgiving of him and of course being like that he can forgive himself for all the times he's strayed from Surika But isn't there an interesting twist in this one that Surika may have strayed? Yeah because she and this, this, hasn't really, this hasn't really happened before has it from memory? No it hasn't I mean they, Surika was always 100% faithful and she would argue um, uh, as she does in the book that she was faithful in this case as well that they were on um, they were on a break at the time uh, it wouldn't be the first the first Ross ever to to be on a break, um, but 
she had a fling with Fionn, who is Ross's kind of, you know... Uh, Soulmate. Yeah, go, and go, going back, enemy as well, you go, know. Going they, back, but they went back all the way to Castle Rock Rugby, didn't they? They did. They played together on the Castle Rock Rugby team. and But, but Fionn has an intelligence uh, and an intellect that Ross uh, can only envy. And... He, he hates that aspect of his friend, that, that his friend is much cleverer than he is. Uh, Fionn has always had a thing for Surika, and she, he becomes her, her election agent when she stands for uh, election. Uh, he's her agent, and they confuse their feelings, and they end up having uh, what they call campaign sex. And as a result <laughs> of this, or possibly not, uh, Surika is pregnant, but you don't know until the very, very end of the book whether Ross is the father or Fiona is the father. I'm going to bring you all the way back to the start of this, Paul. I mean, you, as, as you've said many times, you covered a lot of schools rugby back in the day and, and you came across this breed of people, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose I, I grew up in, the, uh, in, in Dublin in the 80s in Ballybrack and, you know, I lived on a council estate and rugby... Had, we had no interest in rugby. You'd, you'd come home from England, hadn't you? Yeah, we'd moved. We'd moved back from England in '79, and you know, just didn't have it. It just didn't connect with me at all. Ireland won a couple of triple crowns in the '80s. I, I don't think I watched a single match, but I, you know, I was football. That was our thing in our house. We followed Northern Ireland in the World Cups in '82 and '86. So rugby didn't really have any impact um, on me. And then when I covered, when I started doing markings. Uh, as a freelance uh, in the early days, one of the one of the things you often got sent to 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 cut your teeth and to prove that you could file a copy to length and on time were schools rugby matches. So I went out to see a game in Skerries. I think it was Skerries Community College against maybe Blackrock, something like that. And, and that, I, I that was both sides of the spectrum, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And and it was a long way away. In those days, it used to take about nine hours from O'Connell <laughs> Street to get to Scarry's. Uh, they they used to sell uh, Juicy Free on the bus. It was that long. And, uh, but it was it was just really interesting. But when we played football at school, you were lucky if 20 or 30 people stayed behind to watch the match. And there was a couple of thousand people at this match. And, you know, there was sort of men in their 50s who had left school 35 years earlier but hadn't hadn't really left school in their mm. minds. Who would still go back every year and support the school team and wear their old school ties? And there were these really glamorous mothers uh, wearing like fur coats and everything, standing in the mud. And you know, then the, the sort of gangs of girls who were kind of like cheerleaders would just throw themselves at these really horrifically ugly rugby players. And I just found the whole culture surrounding it. It was really, really interesting, and I'd never seen anything like it before. And I suppose the Celtic Tiger started taking off around the late, around sort of 97, 98, and that's when I wrote the first column for the Sunday Tribune, putting a lot of these stories that I collected over the years, covering schools rugby, into the column. How did you sell that? Um, I didn't really have to at the time because I was the sports editor at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So a little conversation with myself and said, I think this would be a good column. And then I said, actually, that's a great idea. But yeah, it was, um, it it just ran for the first maybe two or three weeks. And a a kind of really unusual thing started to happen. This is the days before email, you know. Um, So so we we used to get letters into the paper, not often, but occasionally. 
But people started to write to Ross like he was a real person. And, uh, you know, some of the letters were disapproving. You know, I'd get letters from people saying, you know, uh, you know, in our day, we knew how to treat uh, a woman like a lady. You seem to have picked up none of those good manners uh, from your parents. Uh, so they were really, really strange uh, letters to get. But I kind of understood that people were reading it. And it got back to me that people were reading it, English teachers in schools. Uh, a lot of the schools I was sending up, their English teachers were reading the column to the class to let them see what they sounded like. So I suppose I became aware after about six months to a year that there was a bit of a buzz about the column. Could you have foreseen then, I mean, here we are all those years later, and, and, and essentially you're, you're now a full-time writer? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't ever think it would last as long. I mean, Dancing with the Sars is book 18. Uh, I, I always say it's book 18 in the trilogy because I, I originally started out as a trilogy, but even at the beginning... Um, I never, I never thought there'd be a book. I thought it was just going to be a column that would run for ten weeks from the, you know, the start of 1998 right up to St Patrick's Day 1998, and that was the length of the school, uh, the school cup competition. Yeah. And it was supposed to end with, you know, Castlerock College uh, not winning the school's cup final and Ross missing a penalty in the last minute, and then after it ended people started to write to me, say, bring him back, he's got to repeat. Everybody repeats the leaving <laughs> So I brought him back the following year and I've, I've written a column every single week since then. It's quite incredible, isn't it? I mean, that, that's, because any, any column, as you well know from your days as a sports journalist, to sustain a column week in, week out is difficult. Yeah, it's hard. And, you know, you're the same, Carl. You know, you'd have days when you'd think, God, if you took me by the ankles and turned me upside down and shook me, you couldn't get a column out of me today. And uh, But then you think, you, you just come up with an idea and sometimes other ideas flow from that particular idea. Um, I think I think if you enjoy it, um, it's... Uh, it, it is a little bit easier, you know. It's always it is always work coming up with the ideas, but um, but I still I still enjoy it all these years later. But I to, still to, love to the sustain character. and to sustain the ideas, Paul. Because I mean, to, to be very fair to you, there's no repetition in here. I mean, there's different things come up year in year out. And one of the things that that I've been very impressed with is the way that you've used the titles of the books to reflect things that are relevant to Irish life at the particular time. So Operation Trump, Transformation, Breaking Dad, Dancing with the Czars. You're very au fait with what's going on around you, aren't you? Yeah, I suppose I, I, I you know, being, you know, I think at heart a newspaper man, uh, I I still buy newspapers every day. I know I'm I'm part of a, a sort of dwindling tribe of people who get up in the morning and drive straight to the petrol station to buy Di- seven Dinosaurs, they call us, Paul. Hmm? Dinosaurs, they call us. Yeah, we're, we're dinosaurs, yeah, apparently. They do. I, I, it's funny because I'm just addicted to paper. I, I, a man in a stationery shop had to tell me the other day that they've stopped making Filofax papers. And, you know, he asked me, do you not, do you not keep your diary on your phone now? <laughs> and uh, it looks like I'm going to have to start. But I, I buy newspapers every day and I just eat them, you know, and I'm constantly reading the news and constantly following uh, events. Um, and, yeah, I've always kind of parlayed them into the books. And at the beginning it was... It was all about the Celtic Tiger. I mean, it really started out about uh, as a sort of send-up of schools rugby. And then as the Celtic Tiger started to take off, it really became about sending up a certain type of lifestyle that was very prevalent in South Dublin, you know, an obsession with property prices, with uh, food and, you know, these kind of lifestyle things. And um, so I reflected a lot of that. And then when the recession came, I suppose I was 
I was sort of following Ross down a road I never thought he'd go down, which was, you know, his his life being turned upside down by uh, this economic miracle coming to an end. And then the last few books, um, you know, culminating with this one, Dancing with the Tsars, are all about this changing world, mm. all about this really, really frightening world in which we're living in. And um, he did he did cling on to the past. I mean, he came back into the property game and he's gone back out of it again. He was involved in that uh, shredding business, etc. So he, he he has sort of moved with the times, but, yes. at time, but at times he hasn't. Yeah, shredding. I mean, the shredding business was was really a recession thing. You know, he was... He was shredding the dirty, the guilty secrets of the Celtic Tiger era, you know. Before, and, and his father. Before, yeah, before, a lot of his father. Yeah, his father. His father gave him a lot of work actually shredding his own secrets. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he went back back to hook, line, and sinker, the, the estate agency, when uh, property started to take off again. But the difficulty with a lot of what I write, I find, and the the property thing has reminded me of that is. It's always difficult to satirize something when the reality is actually more absurd than anything you can invent. And sometimes when I read the property pages in, you know, my own newspaper, the Irish Times, I think I couldn't possibly invent a house description as ridiculous as that. You know, you know, the Irish Times now doing a crane watch again. Yeah. Oh, really? I I, I shared this story with some journalists up north last week and, and one particular Paul Kelly who's, who's a, a wonderful golf writer nearly fell off his chair because I explained to him somebody's job once a month in the Irish Times is to go up onto the seventh floor and count the cranes on the Dublin skyline and that is back Yeah and I, I, I'm glad to hear that because um, Charles O'Carroll Kelly in probably about six or seven books ago uh, took Ross out on a boat into Dunleary Harbour and told him that the way to take uh, an economy's pulse was to count mm. the cranes on the skyline there so you go. I'm glad the Irish Times are now taking my economic advice very seriously. How do you... Is Ross in your head all the time? Yeah, I mean, the, people sometimes ask me, is it is it difficult to get in character? I, I find it more difficult to get out of character. And especially, um, you know, at the moment when I'm writing next year's book, which will be coming out this time next year, I write them about a year ahead of mm. time. And um, at the moment, it, it, you know, I'm at the desk for kind of 8, 10, 12-hour days, sometimes seven days a week, and I'm thinking in the voice of an idiot uh, all the time. Now, you know, some people who know me would say my life was a great preparation for that, <laughs> but, but it, it, it is um, to, to always be sort of dumbing down your thoughts uh, and dumbing down your language to try to imagine how this, privileged South Dublin idiot sees the world. It it it, uh, it it gets quite wearing at times, you know, but my big problem is, like I said, it's 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 switching out a character, knowing when to turn it off, and sometimes I come home from work and uh, my wife has to say to me, you know, like, yeah, you're not him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's, I'd him. Say that's a very interesting conversation somehow, Paul. <laughs> Tell us about the, the, the tangents that, I mean, and there, there have been a number of them in recent years. I mean, the Tara Brown book um, about the, I read the news today, oh boy, um, the, the plays, Copperface Jacks. You, you have delved into other areas, haven't you? Yeah, I like um, I like to keep busy. Um, when I, when I, I finish full-time uh, being a full-time sports writer, uh, it's about 13 years ago now, and I suppose, um, I, I think I was worried then that because I was going to be self-employed that I might, you know, take life a little bit easier. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I, I just determined then that I would... I would work a 40-hour week and I would get up every morning and I would be sitting at my desk by, you know, 7 o'clock, mm. half 7, and I'd do a full day. And um, it's been good because um, the, the, the big fear when I gave up sports writing, the other fear was that, that I wouldn't have enough work. And I suppose what's happened is I've, I've kind of gone down other avenues, which are actually really, really interesting avenues. Like, for instance, you mentioned the play there and the musical. I, I never had any desire in my entire life ever to write a play. Like I wasn't, my wife, um, when I met Mary, like she used to go to the theatre a lot. I wasn't really a theatre goer, probably because most nights being a sports writer, I was out watching football. Um, And I suppose um, this has kind of introduced me to kind of other avenues of work, which actually I find really, really interesting. Like um, sitting down with um, Paul Woodfull and Dave McEwen to write Copperface Jackson musical, Mm never would have dreamed in my life that I'd be doing something uh, like that and doing something that's as much fun as something like that. Well, the, good so, news, the good news, Paul, is it worked. Yeah, it, 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 was, it, it did. I mean, we, were, we were very, very happy with it. You know, we, we got, with these things, you, you, you can get lucky as well. And we got lucky with a great director in Carl Harper and 10 great cast members. And I'm not one of those writers who... Um, who sort of sits in the rehearsal room staring at actors, asking them to play every line um, as it's written. I, I, what I would do is I would, uh, I would leave the rehearsal room for two or three days and then I'd get a call from Carl and Carl would say, just come in and see what we've done. And what I discovered was uh, some, some, of the, some of the great things that happen with plays and musicals happen in the rehearsal room when the writer isn't there mm. because actors are prepared to experiment with things and take a chance, which they might not be if the writer if is staring at them. them. And well, listen, they added layers and layers of comedy to it. So, yeah, we were really, really happy with it. Unfortunately, Paul, we've run out of time and we could keep talking for at least another hour, I suspect, at this stage. But Dancing with the Czars is now uh, out. Pub- Penguin Ireland are the publishers. We wish you the very best of luck with Thanks it. Thanks so it's, much, Carl. Thanks it's for having me already. On and thank you very much for your time this afternoon. We're going to be back to after this. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Welcome back to The Late Lunch, 086-1800-658. If you have any news on trees down in your area and roads that are impassable, please do share it with us and we will share it with our listeners. Coming up very soon in the programme, we'll be talking to Brian Flaherty from What's For Pudding, that brilliant company based in Kilmesson. Just to give you a little flavour of what all these guys are, this is just incredible, all butter, sticky toffee pudding, chocolate and lemon curd pie, and then their own brand, rich chocolate, sticky toffee, Ginger and Seville orange. Sinead, how about that? Ginger and Seville orange. What would that do? Well, do you know what? It would go lovely now. My cup of tea that I just have in hand. <laughs> as it I would was be talking great. to you. As, you. as you were talking to as me, I, I just took a nice gulp there. But no, yeah, the, it, it does look really, really nice. I'm yeah. ask Brian all about that. Brian was going to come into studio with us, but unfortunately the roads around Kilmesson uh, haven't allowed him to do that. Yeah, he rang me in a bit of a panic this morning and I says, oh my God, don't risk it. It's grand. We'll get well, you on, going, the, on, the, on the phone. He was going to bring some samples with him. He was. He and was. I love a bit of sticky toffee pudding. Well, maybe he might send you some. Ah, if you're very nice know. to him in the interview, he might send you some. <laughs> now, what about the giveaway? Oh, this is exciting. 15,000 euro wedding. Yes. Is that excitable enough? Very excited. <laughs> 15,000 euros. That is the value of the wedding available to you at the Village Hotel in Betty Sound. LMFM have teamed up with the Village Hotel so that one lucky couple will win their dream wedding worth 15,000 euro at the Village Hotel. The amazing suppliers including this fabulous prize are flowers from Southgate Flowers, the wedding cake from Custom Cake, the wedding dress from Edel Chute, wedding suits from McKenna Mann, wedding car courtesy of AK, AKP Chauffeur Drive, bridal party hair by Curly Cuts, bridal party makeup by Sinead Faulkner Wedding Photography by Pause Time Photography Wedding Rings from Bernard English The Wedding Band Men in Black and the DJ DJ Dave Newman that is all part of our 15,000 euro wedding giveaway with the Village Hotel in Betty Sound all you have to do is tell us why you should win this wedding why yep. someone you know should win this wedding why someone in your family should win this wedding maybe somebody you don't even know at all but you know they're getting married and they have a good story to tell us and, and Sinead, Carl, they are coming in in their thousands, hundreds and hundreds thousands. Of thousands at this stage I'd say yeah and we're getting some really great stories but you know it's a real sort of sign of the times as well there's a lot of people that like are move back in with the parents have a couple of kids are saving for a house would love to get married but that's kind of put on the back burner Do you know we're getting a lot of stories like that other stories uh, very sad as well you know they've had setbacks in terms of bereavement and that kind of thing and they just hadn't gotten around to planning weddings all those kind of things and then of course really happy stories too like you know in terms of you know people finding each other after so long and you know uh, get and deciding to get married and this would just be the icing on the cake those kind of things all coming into us on lmfm.ie. So it's great to see the huge demand and a lot of people wanting to get married. So that's good. That's good news. And you have until the 2nd of October. And all they need to do, Sinead, is go to? All they have to do is just go to lmfm.ie. The full details are there. You can't miss it. And uh, it's literally just about 500 words, but you can do less than that on why you should win this uh, lovely prize or why somebody you know, etc. LMFM.ie. We're going to be back talking sticky toffee pudding after this. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. 
Welcome back to The Late Lunch with Cahill Dervin and Sinead Brazel with you now until 3.30 this afternoon, 086-1800-658 if you have reports of trees down in your area and we will share that news with our listeners. Our next two guests are Brian Flaherty and his wife Katrina from Kilmesson. They are the owners of What's for Pudding, this brilliant award-winning business that was featured on RT1's nationwide programme last Friday night when the show detailed and celebrated their collaboration with the Dunn Store's Simply Better Collection. At the moment, What's for Pudding produce three wonderful desserts for Dunn Store's, all butter, sticky toffee pudding, chocolate pie, lemon curd pie, and in their own brand, they produce rich chocolate, sticky puffing, sticky toffee even, and ginger and Seville Orange and Sinead and I were just salivating over this there during the break Sinead having a cup of tea and the ginger and Seville Orange sounded particularly appealing Sinead It did indeed yes absolutely So Brian Flaherty and Katrina Flaherty good afternoon to you Good afternoon how are you? Afternoon, Tell me how good the ginger and Seville Orange pudding is please Well you know it's an awful pity we didn't get over <laughs> because we'd have brought you some but it's my favourite pudding believe it or not and one of the Women in the kitchen, Maria, does most of the cooking of it, and it's her little baby, so it is. But it is excellent, I think. And Brian, I, sus- I suspect the sticky toffee pudding isn't bad either. It's not, no. <laughs> that's, that's very good too. That was the one um, uh, that won a golden fork for Simply Better, the Simply Better range. But I have to say our own sticky toffee pudding is just as good and you know, we, we market that under our hot for pudding label. Now, Brian, we were very unlucky today in that the the wind, uh, which I know is very prevalent around Kilmesson and Dunsany at the moment, uh, put a paid to your plans to come over to us. But bring us back a bit, please, would you, to the start of the company and, and where Katrina came up with the idea? Yeah, sure, Carl. Yeah, I, since you rang there at half ten or to arrange it, I spent the morning and the afternoon cutting trees. The roads are blocked over mm. here. There's a lot of trees down over here. Anyway, we get that sorted out. It reminds me of Hurricane Debbie in 1961. <laughs> that's as far back as I go. Even I wasn't uh, born then, Brian. <laughs> that's, all, that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> uh, Katrina had this moment. She came up with the name when she was cleaning out her mother's house in Dublin. Her mother uh, was from Belfast and seemingly they, they always referred to dessert as pudding. Mm. And she had this... Uh, moment, Eureka moment when she was cleaning out the house and she said, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll make a pudding and we call it Fots for Pudding. So she can take over from there to tell you now how it all came about because I do a lot of things in it but I don't bake. So Katrina, um, pudding was a big yeah. thing in Belfast, was it? Pardon? Pudding was a big thing for families in Belfast. You, mean, you came home from it school was, and... Um, it's strange because growing up in Dublin, um, we called it pudding and I have to say now my posh friends called it dessert and sweet and all sorts of stuff and I just couldn't bring myself to say dessert or pudding. So our dessert or sweet was always pudding like that because um, because of the northern influence. But strangely enough, even still, when we go to shows and particularly, say, the like of the Face to Cabin and that, and also people who come down from the north really get what we're at, hmm. that it's pudding. They don't, sometimes people, other people will come and say, well, it's a black or white pudding and we, we have to tell them it's not actually, it's actually you have dessert to, pudding. You have to send them towards Clonakilty, do you? <laughs> well, no, no, we direct them to our own lovely dessert puddings right there in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> tell us now, I mean, you're both from a scientific background, aren't you? You both studied science subjects in, in college? That's right, yes. And you met in college? We did, yes. Where, we where, where did you meet, Katrina? Well, there was a group 
there was a group in Dublin, there was a group of us who used to meet, um, mainly um, UCD students, and we used to meet and go hiking, and um, it was a group of about, oh, I'd say, kind of give or take up to nearly 30 people. And um, there was, we'd go up the Sugarloaf or down around Enniskerry and on, a, on, on Sundays. Or we often went out cycling. We were very innocent then. It was a long time ago, so it was. And um, out of that group, I'd say there was quite a, a number of people who ended up together. That's how we met, yeah. And many of the 21st birthday party, and um, that was the kind of age we were at the time. And many of the 21st and great crack, great fun. And Brian, I'm told there was a bit of carol singing went on as well, was there? That's right, yeah. I, I, I remember Katrina Carol singing, but I used to, to row in as well, sure. Uh, when you're doing carols at Christmas, often <laughs> there'd be some good uh, people that are well able to sing, and a lot of the other people just come along to rattle the bucket and maybe to make noise. They think they're singing, so, but it was all good crack and good fun. And did, yeah. you, did you know then that Katrina had a bit of a sweet tooth? I didn't really, but her mother was a really good cook. Mm. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> So, Katrina, bring us forward then. 2013, you, you, you took a very big step, didn't you? Yes, well, strangely enough, at the time, um, Meat Partnership through Leader were actually, they had, they had money they needed to spend before a deadline, I think it was December. And they were looking, you know, they, they actually were advertising in the local papers and they also were holding meetings to try and encourage people to send, set up little... Startups. yeah. So at that stage, um, you know, I knew that, you know, I, I, I felt I'd like to do something like that. I'd like to try and see how I'd get on. But I also knew it would definitely be um, a food business. And I thought of a lot of things and they got the thumbs down from people here in the house, the family and so on. But eventually, as Brian said, on that particular day, I was um, um, cleaning out my mother's house and reminiscing and... Um, thinking about the numerous times we dashed down the three steps to the kitchen and we'd never asked what's for dinner. I always asked what's for pudding. And hence, and, and hence and the name. Hence the name and hence the idea. And I was aware too that there wasn't really many old-fashioned kind of hot puddings available. And I, I thought there was a niche in the market there. And as it turns out, it has, you know... It, it was a good idea, and it's come it to um, yeah. In in those days, you, you were almost artisan, were you? Um, we are still really mm. artisan, believe it or not. Yeah, and um, we started off. Um, well, we intend. We started off here doing a lot of research in our own um, domestic kitchen, and um, we were advised then that we should um, maybe go to we um, Overton Avenue to um, JM Foods and um, John and Rosita had a, a kitchen where you could hire it for a number of hours. And um, that's where we started. Um, and it was it was a great learning curve because they had big ovens. They had the kind of a, what we needed. But we still did most of it by hand. Like every pudding we make even still, you know, there's three women and myself down in the kitchen. And we, we see each and every one of them. We sauce each and every one of them. And we know kind of what we need to do in terms of um, making them the best possible puddings we can. Um, after a while working out of JM Foods, and I'm sure John and 
I was eat it off and looked at us and said, what on earth are they at? But um, we decided that we couldn't sustain that, that going over to NAV and bringing all our ingredients, um, we just wouldn't be able to sustain it. And it was really a kitchen for startups to find ways, of, you know, to see how they would get on. And so Brian decided that we'd convert two bays of the hay shed into a kitchen, which we did. And we've been motoring on down in the yard in the hay shed since then and um, doing very well. We've expanded a bit. We've um, extended. We've got bits of machinery, for instance, our sealing machine, which is very important so that we can seal our puddings before they go out for sale. Um, yeah, so, but again, you know, we're still, it's still very much a hands-on production. We've no production lines or no machines kind of producing the final product. Brian, tell us tell us a little bit about Sheridan's cheesemongers and, and, and how much they helped you in the early days. Well, yeah, Sheridan's were really good and they have been, you know, you know their background, they have been artisan people and they have brought Irish cheese and other cheese to the palates uh, of Ireland and they've expanded themselves. But uh, they were the people that... Uh, they offered to distribute for us and uh, they still do distribution for us to uh, certain high-end shops around the country and they were very good and really good and very supportive, very supportive in other areas and advising us, for instance, and in what type of packaging you should have and uh, they've been uh, very supportive. With the, in, we, in fact, we actually launched at Sheridan's Food Fair. That's where we actually launched and uh, that was a big moment for us and when we knew at that stage or we knew after that launch that we had something worthwhile. Mm. And they, they were very helpful in getting you involved in the Irish Food Awards. And in 2014, you you won two awards. That's right. Yeah, well, uh, we went to Blas and uh, Katrina is much more conversant with that than I am now. But we got a, a numerous awards for virtually every product we make down at Blas. And that was very important. And again, that shows that we had a quality product. And we moved on from there when uh, Dunn's uh, became aware that we had a product. We worked with them. And the product was entered in London, and that ultimately led to the uh, to us winning or to Dunn's winning uh, the Golden Fork Award with, with the product that we make for them. How did you react when Dunn's approached you, Katrina? Um, I suppose initially, um, funny enough, I remember where I was. I was up in Blanche having lunch with a friend, and I got a phone call. And um, this person, first of all, I wondered was it a wind up, but this girl. <laughs> told me she had tasted a pudding, she had bought it down in Bantry and that she, you know, that she would like to talk to us about supplying for the Simply Better range. And I kind of felt, well, look, we do these in small numbers. We don't do them in thousands. And But she said, no, as I said on Nationwide the other evening, that they would work with us. So we did, we had, we did have meetings with them and they were prepared to wait until we were ready. They were prepared to wait until we had our own facility. And um, despite any misgivings I might have had initially, I certainly would say that they are really, really great to work with. They um, they brought us along slowly but surely, and um, and they've always been really, really good to us. Well, At the same time as Duns, we were we were. We were doing the food academy for for super value, and you know we supply a lot of, of which was a very excellent kind of um, a course to do or an excellent kind of initiation into the whole food business. And um, 
subsequently we su- we started to supply you know local super values and now we supply um a more extensive range of um super values in Dublin and Kildare Cavan but that's a work in progress well, Katrina, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today and to you, Brian, and to Rory as well, who's involved in the business with you. We wish you all the very best of luck with what's for putting base there in Kilmesson. One of the great success stories and congratulations to all of you. We're going to be back after. Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. And you're welcome back to The Late Lunch with Cahill Dervin and Sinead Brazel. I'm delighted to say we have an All-Ireland winner in our midst. 18-year-old Conor McKeown from Drumiskin has won gold first place in the All-Ireland Under-21 Ploughing Championships. The victory came yesterday. It's the second All-Ireland he has won because Conor won last year as well and his third time taking part. Conor joins us now. Conor, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Carl. No ploughing today? No. Weather, uh, weather has stopped play. Stands have been cancelled, but the ploughing itself still goes ahead. So there's there's nobody in or out except for those ploughing. Is that the way that yeah, works, Connor? That's, that's the way it is. Yeah, the ploughmen have been out in the weather there today. So, and as yeah. as as a man who's farming in your blood, I mean, you're the third generation uh, farming in Drumiskin. You're well used to farming in all weathers, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what the weather's like. You still go out and do your job. So tell us about yesterday and and what you won. Uh, I was playing in the under twenty one conventional class and uh second it's my first year in under twenty one. I played novice last year and uh so this year I had my goal set in the under twenty one class and I went in with a bit of practice that I done at the weekend in county matches in Offaly and um I went in and went in and won it and I won it well enough so I was happy with myself and happy with the health from Grandin's after. So so th- this was a family affair? Oh yeah, Grand is always at my side or at the off at the top of the headland when we're not falling out or that. <laughs> and he keeps you he keeps you on I suppose on the straight and narrow, would that be what you call it if you're out playing? Uh, yeah, he he does try anyway. <laughs> What's your granddad's name? Uh Pat McKeown. And he's it's his I mean this is in your family, isn't it? This goes all the way back. Oh yeah, he's he's been playing now fifty five years. He's won four all Irelands and represented Ireland at international level in the world championship, so it's it's his sport and his hobby as much as mine. Like, and you must be so proud to win that All Ireland and share that title with him. Oh yeah, especially he's won two minors as uh, championships as well. Mm. So it's great for me to go on and try to do the same. Now tell us what you went through yesterday. What exactly do you have to do to win this? Uh, well, they start off. They start at half ten, and you have half an hour to do your opening split. So your first two runs of the field, and that's it's your foundation for the day. If you're not straight starting off, you're probably going to struggle all day to keep straight and that, so you want to be bullet straight from the start and that's what I done. And then once that's done, you stop for half an hour and that's judged by the judges. And then you're back out. And then you go back out again for the till half two and you put up your, your middle sods, which is your two first runs and like your open day has to be perfect as well because they're the first things that stand out to anybody when you go and look at the field of ploughing like so. And this is very much what you want to do, Connor, isn't it? You're studying agricultural science up yeah. in Kenny. Yeah, I'm studying agricultural science up in Kenny now. It's a four-year level eight course. So. So, yeah. And there's going to be some celebrations in Drumiskin, I suspect. Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll be 
the five crossroads will be lit. Excellent. Well, listen, we wish you the very best of luck with that. That's Conor McKeown from Dromiskin, winner of the under-21 class in the All-Ireland Ploughing Championships. No ploughing today, no festival today. As you heard from Conor, the ploughing is going ahead, but nobody allowed on site by those taking part. So congratulations to Conor McKeown and all the McKeown family there in Dromiskin. We're going to be back with the news headlines after these. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. This is The Late Lunch with Cahill Dervin and Sinead Brazel with you until 3.30 this afternoon. And Sinead, Manchester United a bit worried about the plastic pitch in Switzerland. I'd say you're, oh God, you're worried for them, are you? I'm so just, you know, really just concerned that this will happen, do you know? Mm. <laughs> Mm. Moving swiftly on, as you know, we have had many uh, texts and messages from listeners across the northeast yep. about road closures. Earlier on, we told you about road closures on the Glen William Glen Road, the Tully Allen Road, the Aclint to Drumconrath Road, Flowery Cross, to Carrick Macross, Inishgain, Hackballs Cross, on Greenon and Thurman Fecken, a large tree down at Dunacarney Primary School blocking the road there to the Village Hotel, and a couple of more updates, Sinead. Yeah, uh, what do I have here? Nursery Cross on the Cullen Road, a very big branch of a tree out of the road as you come around the corner. It's on top of you, so watch out there. Carrick Macross Road out of Dundalk is closed as well. Also, uh, just on the text here, um, where am I going? Sorry now. Uh, yeah, on the route from Tanur to Tully Allen, there's a tree down uh, blocking the road at Barrel Cross there as well. And also a tree down at Stirabout in Minolte. I'm not sure that text came in earlier on, so I'm not sure if that has been cleared just yet. Maybe listeners might let us know if it has. Um, and also, can I just say a big massive hello to our regular texter, Ella. She gave me a lovely uh, package of gluten-free products which was very, very appreciated. So I want to say a big hello to her. Uh, she dropped them into the studio. These are, Ella is from, I think, Poland. And she gets sort of different products and nicer flour because it's very hard to get good mm. flour, you see. So she sent me in some flour and some uh, biscuits from Tiramisu, which I've never seen the gluten-free alternative were, of. So very, there you go. You were very happy to receive that. Yes, very happy. So thanks so much for that, Ella. So thank you, Ella, for that. Yep. And Brian Flaherty and uh, Katrina telling us all about their lovely puddings at What's for Pudding in Clemesson. And Brian saying... The trees it's as bad as since 1961 yeah, so, all around yeah. so just be careful out there yeah you've got to be very careful now what's what's coming up next we're going to talk after the break with Anne-Marie McHugh from Castle Blaney Regeneration Festival they're going to honour the late Big Tom and would you believe Big Tom it's almost a year since he died it's, it's just that was a very emotive time when Big Tom died wasn't it Oh yeah, and a lot of our listeners, you know, had a great fondness for Big Tom and still do. And actually, I remember a couple of years back, Seamus and Christy from The Breakfast Show, one of their mystery tours ended up at Big Tom's house and sure, he was great crack, mm. they said. And, you know, he was up for, you know, welcoming the big busload of, <laughs> of fans arriving for him and everything. So, fair play to him. And I know there's a lot of people up there in Castle Blaney, um, a great fondness for him and indeed all over Ireland, but uh, particularly in the Castle Blaney area. And they have a festival in honour of him, which I think is very fitting. And they also are going to unveil a statue. Yes. And yeah. the Castle Blaney Wall of Fame. Oh, there you are now. Because of course it's a massive musical area. It's not just Big Tom that's from up that part of the country. Huge uh, huge area for country and western music as we know. And we will be talking to Anne-Marie McHugh a little bit later about that. 
But tonight, I'm afraid, uh, Sinead, I'm going to have to watch the Champions League. So just okay. Man, Manchester I know United, young boys, Manchester City, Leon. You know, it's a choice. It, well, they, well, I won't be watching any of that. <laughs> I had my uh, d- dose of TV. Do you know what I actually started watching last night? And it was absolutely brilliant. The Circle. Have explain, you heard about explain this? Explain this to me. This is fantastic. It's kind of like a social media experiment. Now, I thought I was going to absolutely hate this, right? And I says, oh, look, I'll just, I'll flick it. Because in fairness, I do like a lot of the things that Channel 4 produce. I do think they're sort of on the cutting edge of different sort of things on TV. So basically, the concept for this is you all live, all the participants live in a separate apartment um, in a circle of each other. So the walls are all soundproofed and they don't know sort of in the vicinity where people are. But they communicate all via social media. But the thing is, Cahill, you can be whoever you want on social media because mm. nobody can see you, nobody can hear you, nobody knows your true identity. So you have a guy on there, Alex is his name, and he's decided to pretend that his name is Kate and he's actually used his girlfriend's profile picture. She's a very, very pretty girl and he's getting all this attention and he even went on a date with a guy last night who has no idea that he's talking to another guy. So it's kind of this idea so of this a catfish. A social kind media of, date. A social media date, right? Okay. So, and it was just really clever. And then you have this other woman who's in there. She's a single mother working hard and she's brought her baby with her, but she hasn't revealed to the others that she's got a baby in the apartment with her. You've also got another guy who's absolutely as gay as Christmas, <laughs> who's pretending he's straight. And there's all sorts of lies and games going on. But you see, the thing of it is, tonight now, they'll have the option to block people. Okay, Mm. so say I don't like you, I can just block you, right? And if you get everybody blocks you, let's say, then you're gone out the door. So another person comes in. These are real people, real life people. And what's the prize? The prize, I think it's like about a hundred thousand euros. It's money anyway. It's well worth it. Well worth it, but it's just really, really addictive viewing. And I'm not one of these people. Like I wasn't so much into the Love Island thing or any of that. I dipped in and out. I knew it was going on, but I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I'm glued to this. I am glued to this now. What time is it on tonight? It's on tonight on Channel 4. I think it's around 9, 9 o'clock. I'll be watching the football. Sorry about that. Well, you'll have to just tape this and talk to me about it tomorrow. Well, we we might just do that. We're going to be back talking Big Tom and the Circle of Castle Blaney after this. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. And you're very welcome back to the final segment of today's Late Lunch with Cahill Dervin and Sinead Brazel. I was a little bit ahead of myself before the break when I said that Tom McBride is nearly a year dead. In fact, Big Tom died in April at the age of 81 and this weekend Castle Blaney will remember one of its favourite sons. Joining me to tell, tell us all about this is Anne-Marie McHugh from Castle Blaney Regeneration Festival. Good afternoon to you, Anne-Marie. Good afternoon to you, Cahill. April, it, it, it seems longer, doesn't it? It certainly does. And it was a really, you know, it was an outpouring of emotion, I suppose, that we felt in the town of Castle Blaney when Big Tom left us, particularly after the untimely death of his wife, just 11 weeks. So um, initially, we had been planning to do this um, statue. And um, it was interesting. We had four different people who'd come up with four different ideas. But the guy that actually got the award um, and is, is currently going to be doing this statue on Sunday, he was able to get over and to meet Tom and discussed the way the statue was going to go, go, whether he'd stand up or sit down. And he actually took 92 measurements off his face, believe it or not, Carl. Mm. 
So we, we've seen the, you know, the statue nearly when it's come almost ready and it looks amazing. I have to say, it's such a really good likeness. We're delighted with it. Now, it was quite an emotional funeral, wasn't it? I mean, some of the, the, the greatest names in Irish country music and Irish entertainment were there that day. And But it was also very much a community funeral. It was a huge... Um, I, I'm not sure if you, I'm sure you saw it on television, but everybody from the town came out and they did a, um, a standing uh, ovation as he walked through the town. And it was so silent, even though there were thousands of people there. He was held in such great respect by everybody in the town and obviously far and beyond. But when you're from Casablaney and you tell people, no matter where you are in the world, I'm from Casablaney, they always say, oh, big Tom's country. So we are very proud to have an occasion like this weekend to be able to commemorate and celebrate the life of the great man, Big Tom. How did he himself take the idea of a statue being erected? Not that well. <laughs> <laughs> he was shy and embarrassed and very mm. humble about the whole thing. You know, we said there's no need for all that and all this kind of stuff. But everybody that we put the idea to, everybody thought it was a fantastic idea. So we managed to get funding from Monaghan County Council, which were very generous, and a, a committee of people, including Margot, who had the initial idea, um, and, and kind of sat down with Rose and Tom and, and persuaded them to actually go ahead with it. Um, so a group of us have been working in the background for the last number of months, and uh, we've got a great lineup for the weekend ahead. So we have, and it starts on Friday night at 7 o'clock, and um, so we're going to have a launch of the weekend in Inkless and Castleblaney, and it's a free event as part of Culture Night, and people will be able to see some of its um, memorabilia, as well as other country um, stuff. Uh, in, in the country. I'm assuming, Anne-Marie, there's a few cowboy hats in there, is there? Oh, with a bit of luck, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Was he a very shy, unassuming man? Um, I only really got to know him over the last number of them, um, probably the year or so, and he just was a real gentleman. And I know that has come through as a very humble, sort of a genuine person. Mm. You know, very droll, actually, Carl. Very, very humorous in a very droll way. Probably typical Monaghan wit. You know, very understated and, you know, just a gentleman. Absolute dope. And he, he, he didn't really want the fuss made, did he? Not at all. No. So much so that initially the stance was going to be him standing up on stage uh, with his two hands, because that was kind of a, what his image was. Mm. And when we looked at pictures, there was quite a number of pictures like that. But when the um, sculptor Mark Richards met him and when he got to know him, he felt he was more of a man of the people. So this, the pose is actually sitting down where people would be able to sit with him, because he was renowned for sitting on, talking to fans long after his gigs were over. And that, of course, will become a photo attraction, won't it, for people coming into Castle Blaney over the years to come? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's kind of what led us to think about the next um, unveiling that we're going to be doing on Saturday. So you're probably familiar, we have Paddy Cole, we have Margot living in town, we've had Morrison show band. Castle Blaney punches above its weight when it comes to music. So um, what we felt was, we know there's going to be a lot of people coming to the town to see the statue, so why not give them a reason to see what else is in the town? maybe walk around the town, have a cup of coffee. So at three o'clock on Saturday, we were unveiling the Music Wall of Fame and we've about 14 or 15 bands and artists, including probably Eamon Toll, who's a, now living in County Mead. He, he, uh, lives, he lives very close to me in Dunshockton. Well, but, there you go. But yeah. he's never afraid to tell us he's from Castle Blaney. Oh, he's another very proud man from <laughs> Castle Blaney. I think it's in the blood. <laughs> and he can sing as well, to be fair to him. He's deadly, so he is. He's brilliant. And he actually came sixth in the, in the Eurovision. That hasn't been beaten, would you believe? Yeah, he'll tell you he was the, he's the last highest finisher for Ireland in, in the millennium, uh, millennium of love all those years ago. That's right. Well, he'll be there as well. And we have, so we've got pictures of all the different artists and a few words about them. And their story is very interesting, both for visitors and then for the locals themselves. And we've managed to put a bit of technology to it. So there's a little QR sign. So you can actually put your phone to the QR sign and you can see a YouTube tip, say, of Eamon Toll, a number of the artists doing what is they're that, best at. Is that still out there? Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you also have a concert on Saturday night, haven't you? 
big concert Saturday night with Philomena Begley, Susan McCann and Gloria and it's actually sold out so it is um, but um, it, during the day people can go out to Orem where they're having a cup of tea and mm. you can see some of Tom Saver's vintage um, tractors and they're also having dancing that night Excellent and then on Sunday Sunday is the big unveiling of the statue isn't it in the Market Square yeah. Exactly. So that's at three o'clock on um, Sunday. And we're expecting a huge crowd, as you can imagine. Um, so we think there's busloads coming from Tralee and I think Mayo. There's lots of different places that have been booked out for weeks in advance, um, right across the dock and, and uh, Cartman Cross and everywhere. So at three o'clock, the statue will be unveiled and there'll be a few, you know, um, speeches and stuff like that. But we are very conscious that it is a very poignant time for the family. Mm. So, you know, we'll be respectful of that, obviously. And they've been highly involved in, in all the celebrations. And then that night, we're going to have a bit of a Kaylee where we're going to have Paddy King and uh, Dermot McBride's going to be singing and um, Mainliners themselves. And all the proceeds of that go to Castle Blaney Regeneration, the Art Mooney Centre and Castle Blaney Palace of Care, which were two charities that they really wanted to, to have money donated to the family themselves. It's going to be a great weekend, isn't it? I really think so. There's great excitement in the town. The shops are all done up. The crack is mighty. It's going to be fantastic. So if people are thinking of coming, please come along because it's going to be a great, great weekend. And the dancing on a Sunday night is really going to finish it all off. You have your dancing shoes ready, have you, Anne-Marie? I never take them off, Michael. <laughs> Tell us about where people can find more information on all of this, please, Anne-Marie. They can find us on castleblaney.ie and we have a wee tab on that webpage uh, which is uh, the Big Tom Festival and they can also find us on the Castleblaney Regeneration Facebook page. Well, I'm Marie McHugh from Castleblaney Regeneration Festival. Everything this weekend in honour of the late Big Tom. We thank you for your time. We wish everybody involved in that the best of success. Enjoy the dancing, Amory. I will indeed. Thanks for many comments. And Sinead, we're going to play out with a Big Tom song. We are indeed. I have a lovely song here and it's actually for Helen in Lobenstown who requested this and uh, we'll play this for her now and we'll see everybody tomorrow. Thank you, for your, God. thank you for all your help and efforts today, Sinead. Not We're at all, not at all. Just after half one. That's it. No difference who you are, Skid Row Joe or Superstar. You're going out the same way you came in. We are born into this world without a thing. And we leave it just as naked as we came. Him a drive a coupe de bill on a mansion on the hill. Don't mean nothing when St. Peter calls your name. Oh, you're going out the same way you came in Someone will load a fire next to kin Some will weep and some will moan Some will spit upon your stone But you're going out the same way you came in You own. Then the lawyers lane their nest, and your kinfolk gets the rest. But you can't take it with you when you go. Oh, you're born out the same way you came in. Makes no difference who you know or where you've been. Makes no difference who you are, Skid Row Joe or Superstar. You're going out. Oh, you're going out the same way you came in Oh, you're going out the same way you came in
The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.